The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good night. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. To the ghosts out in the hall, the paint peeling off the walls. Good night. Sometimes Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. I keep women connected on air with information and conversation. And my business coach and business expert, Lauren Beller Blake, and co-founder of Big Fish Nation, is committed to helping women entrepreneurs create financially successful and sustainable businesses. Uh, how are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. I am doing really, really well. It's rainy in California this morning, and I'm up and with my warm cup of chai tea, ready to have a chat with you. And I am here with my warm cup of hot, strong coffee on the East Coast, <laughs> but also with lots of rain, and we have lots to talk about this morning. Um, first, we're going to talk about your website and the blog, and your weekly vlog, which... By the way, listeners, you know, you should wake up in the morning with your hot cup of coffee or hot cup of tea, depending on which end of the, co- which side of the United States you're on, and <laughs> look up and, uh, Lauren's blog, because this week, this is the story, a success story, a big fish nation success story. And there's a lot of stuff in here, a lot of stuff that women can identify, and of course I like to, you know, I always like to tell my side of the story personally, but, um, so we're going to be talking about the, the blog and the content of the blog with Lauren, and also we have a guest this morning. We just have one guest, Lauren, today, uh, Neil Fiore, but he's somebody who's kind of doing similar things to what you do. So he's, his new book is called The Now Habit at Work, The Now Habit at Work. And, and I don't know about you, but I know I find, especially today, I'm always thinking about how can I perform you know, maximally do my optimal performance, get it, do it in the shortest period of time, get things done, not fool around, uh, but I have to be motivated to do it. And I must admit this summer I was kind of in a slump. I think I told you that. I remember. Uh, Neil, yeah, Neil's a psychologist, and he is uh, a business coach, and he talks about, you know, exactly that, the, the now habit, how to just, you know, forget about the nonsense and all the stuff and just build an effective uh, business and effective management program, which is, you know, something that you discuss also and something that you do in your, in, at Big Fish Nation, helping women specifically to do that. It's what I do. It's, it's what, what I love, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, you, on the blog, uh, you know, you, there is a story, a success story, of a woman who uh, has a business called uh, Soul Tech Electronics. And, Lauren, you don't usually associate electronics with women. Um, oh, that's one of the reasons I love her story. So what is her story and what can we learn from it as women entrepreneurs? You know, you know, the other thing is she's not just a woman, she's a gorgeous woman. You know, she, <laughs> you know like they don't go together. But her why did you have to add that? She's not just a woman, she's a gorgeous woman. Now, you would not have said that if it were a man. <laughs> I wouldn't have, but I wanted to, I just wanted to make extra make the point, you yeah. know. 
She is. She is. Yeah. And there's a picture of her there. There is a picture of her. But and she. Here's what I love about Dawn's story. And that, first of all, when I first met Dawn, she said, I don't think I need big fish. My business is, you know, a million-dollar business, and I don't think I need big fish. I said, you know, you may not. And then she started talking, and she was going on about having this new baby that was about a year old at the time and that she felt like she wasn't the one raising it. It was in daycare. And I thought, oh, my goodness, girl, that's not okay. And you have the richest opportunity in front of you because you have your own business. You can raise your own daughter and figure out your own hours. So pretty quickly, we... um, she and I had a conversation. She was assigned a coach, but I was hearing that that wasn't being well, did she have an, I want to get back to that because I think that's important. Like she had this kind of, I would assume, aha experience because here's this woman coming in and saying, I, may, I do, I, you know, I generate a million dollars a year in my business. Why would I need a business coach or to be in this, you know, in a, in a, in a business coaching program? And then it really ties into your it hugely ties into work balance. Hey, lady, so you're not about having a lot of money. You're not doing the other half. Your kid's with some babysitter or nanny most of the time, so you are not, you're really just doing 50% of the whole, um, what would you call it? Just the, the whole picture. The, the you know, whole picture. The whole life. You, know, you don't want to do 50% of it. You want to be able to do the whole thing, and you can. That's the thing, especially with your own business. So pretty quickly on, what my favorite part of the story is, is that, um, of course, she's grown the business. It's, I think it's doubled or almost tripled in size in the past year, which is fabulous. But the most important thing is that she has reduced her work hours, and every other Friday she and her daughter go to the beach. She lives in Florida. And her daughter is now two, almost two and a half, and she feels like she's part of her daughter's life. It's not just, you know, she's doing things with her daughter at night. She's, there's, she's changed her whole relationship to her business so that she has a life. So, Lauren, how did you do that? I mean, what, women who are listening and say, how did you turn this woman's life around? I, I mean, in, you're talking about in a year, her business tripled, and then at the same time she's off to the beach with her daughter. Isn't that uh, the story? The and, I know and she's working less it. hours, working less hours. I mean, how do you do that? Well, she's hired more people. She had the funds to hire more people. And we had to create the funds to hire more people so that she was offsetting some of that business to, you know, to someone else so that it wasn't her she was delegating. But most importantly, I think she changed her perspective to about who she needs to be in relationship to her business. So she's gained very um, new perspective. She was feeling stuck in a box that this is the only way. And we pulled her back and looked at the many different ways that she could see it. And it was a lot of aha moments for her to realize that she had a lot of control and a lot of ability to design her business and her life and her relationship with both. So, Lauren, what about this? I mean, she was able to, I mean, this is what you would call, I would assume, in the business, in your business. I mean, this is very a highly successful story. This, and other women may listen and say, well, that's nice, but, you know, all she had this million-dollar business, and now she's got her daughter, and she's off, you know, to the beach. But I have a lot of other things in my life confounding, you know, I've got a Things happen to me. I, you know, it's not just that simple that I'm doing a business and taking care of the kids. I'm taking care of my grandmother. I'm taking care of, uh, you know, a sick person. I'm a caregiver. I got all this other stuff. Uh, how do you? Well, I can I go think- on and say that there was other things that Don has had happen, which I won't break confidentiality. That um, were tragic in the past year. That it just didn't. It doesn't. I can't share them. But, you know, one, of them, not, one of them that was on the web, she said that her brother died. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure she, I was, yeah, I forgot, so, I, mean, we kept, I thought we didn't put that, that in there. That was part of her experience. Her brother died, and she was into yeah, denial I mean, everybody's about, got stuff. about his not wanting to cope with the grief, uh, and, and part of her 
specific suggestions and, and some of the stuff that she recommends is, I mean, for herself anyway, is that she had to address her own her grief, you know, her her, own well, and it was there's so much, I think that's an important piece, and it was funny because I thought we were taking it out and then we put it back in and then we took it back out. So yeah, that's that was the piece. So anyway, everybody's got that stuff. Everybody's got that stuff. So I always like to. The reason I love these stories, and we try to do one a month at least, one case study, if you will, one big fish story a month, and it's more like demonstrating that they're like the girl next door. You know, just I feel like a, a girl next door, there's no difference between me and everybody else that is listening that says I want to do what Dawn did. There's Dawn's like the girl next door. She has stuff, she has challenges, but she also has a focus and a desire and a persistence to get to the next level. Because I think that that's is. sometimes the excuse for many of us, well, she's exceptionally smart. She has all this talent, but she doesn't really, you know, her life but is But we fine. make it up. We make yeah, it and up. And it's not. Her brother died. She had to, I mean, that's a huge, huge life-changing experience that she had to deal with at the same time running the business and taking care of her daughter. Yeah. Yep. And as you say, we all have that. It may not be that, but it's some other whatever it is. Yeah, we all have that. So Dawn's not, I mean, she's exceptional and she's, she's the girl next door. So I think that's an important point to make that everybody, anybody can do, um, can be one of the people that, don't, you know, be like Dawn and be, you know, create a successful business and a successful life. It doesn't mean she still doesn't run into challenges, but now she's got tools in her toolbox to deal with them perhaps differently than she would have two years ago. Yeah, she has the tools to address the challenges and that's what we need, the tools exactly. to address the challenges. Because the challenges are there. I think for some reason we want to pretend that they're not there, but it's the elephant in the room. And if you're not dealing with those challenges, the most difficult ones, it's going to affect your business. And I think this came through on the blog um, or her story. Then you're not going to be able to go ahead. You can't. It's there. Whether or not you want to admit to it, whether you're in denial, whether you're having difficulty in your – how about your marriage, relationship, difficulty? Yep. You know, your kids aren't doing well in school. I mean, I can go through a list. A list. You can definitely go but, through a list. Yeah. And I think your point is absolutely critical. Um, just every single person has challenges, and really what's the difference between you or the person that has a challenge that chooses to deal with it in a bold, big way? And I don't mean big, in other words, like tackle it like a huge, you know, like a, I mean like a, you handle it like a big girl, you know, handle it like a big girl and do it, handle it as best self, as we talk about in Big Fish. Handle it with your best self. And that challenge doesn't appear to be anywhere near as big to the outside world. It's still big to you, but the outside world starts to see you differently. You're handling life differently. You, if you do not do that, and now I'm going to take it from the psychological perspective, what happens is the energy that it takes to, to not address the issue of, say, something catastrophic like what happened to Dawn. Her brother died at age 33, which is, uh, you know, a horrific situation. Yeah. If you do not deal with it, that energy, you use a lot of energy in order to suppress it, to keep it in, to try and go That's about a great your point. business. That's a great, great point. And we're all about how to use our energy in a way that serves us. It's exactly, it's a great point. I wish I could disagree with you, but I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> it's an important, but Lauren, it's really an important point, And that's one of the reasons that I, you know, I was drawn to this story because I think that sometimes we tend to dismiss people like Dawn. I mean, you're the one who said, here she is, she's successful, she's made a million dollars, and she's beautiful. And so, oh, well, that's not my story. You know, I didn't make a million dollars this year, and I'm very unattractive. And so I'm not, <laughs> she has it all, and she has a beautiful daughter. And so that's, the I can't thing, identify with that. 
The other but piece the that I want to say is that everybody's attractive. beautiful and attractive. Yeah. You know, and it's because of how she's doing life that she's she's presented. She comes across that way. So a part the beauty is actually a choice too. So you get more. Yeah, that's true. I think is well, if you're living a more balanced life and you're getting all that stuff out and you know and. and um, breaking through the denial and all that, you end up even looking better. Exactly. You feel better. Well, I don't look, look better. much better, and I've been working on my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> Not uh, true at all. One last You're thing. gorgeous. We've got about three minutes till break, because so, I want you to address this, because this is another thing that Lauren spoke about, that uh, Don spoke about and that you speak about on the blog, um, the, the think tank part of the Big Fish program, because yeah. this is something that she utilized that I think is really important, the think tank part of the Big Fish program. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a new portion of the program, and it's interesting because some people love it and some people don't connect to it. And I think it's one of the richest parts of what we do, and it's because it's not just about Lauren's perspective. It's so much about everybody's perspective, and that's where the richness comes from, is when you hear other people's perspectives besides just one person, and you change your life because of it. Um, Dawn is so, she's so amazing. She constantly, if she's not feeling something's tackled, she keeps bringing it back to the call, back to the call, back to the call. So it's never, it's good. Um, so she brought this work-life balance challenge to the group. And the other thing is that I don't lead the group. Somebody else does. So you get a whole other perspective from a leadership point of view. And she, from that group, got some very specific feedback and responses around work-life balance. All right, so, what I, and so specifically, because we're going to go to break, is that the think tank, think tank part of the Big Fish program is that you have a conference call. One woman will bring up what's a topic that she's currently struggling with, and then all the other women in the group will act as advisors, which I think is exactly. terrific. Yeah. yeah, so you have the works. expert, you have the business coach, whether it's you or, or, or you know, or one of your people who work with you. Um, you, have the, you have the professional, but then you also have your peers. Yeah, and what's interesting is you, ha- you cannot forget that your peers are an expert in something. Yeah. Every, bring- every single person has- is an expert in something. I don't care what it is. There's- they have something. So to get that perspective from a different expert around a different topic has huge value. Yeah. All right, coming up next, we're- and this is kind of, we'll-, we'll maybe talk about some of this also with Neil Fiore, Ph.D., physician, uh, psychologist, author of The Now Habit at Work, and he's going to talk to us about how we can perform optimally, maintain focus, and ignite, mot- I like that, ignite motivation in yourself and others. So this is his new book. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. I'm Catherine Zoff, your social worker with a microphone. You are listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com and World Talk Radio, keeping women connected on air with information and conversation. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnist. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, keeping women connected on air with information and conversation. And you're listening to World Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Our guest this morning is Neil Fiore. Ph.D., psychologist, and author of The Now Habit at Work, Perform Optimally, Maintain Focus, and Ignite Motivation in Yourself and Others. And uh, Neil is a, a lecturer, a trainer, and a best-selling author, and he's uh, a pr- productivity expert and has worked with such clients as AT&T, Levi Strauss, Kaiser Permanente, and the Smithsonian, so that's very impressive. Um, welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Neil. Nice to be with you. Okay, I think as, as you know, before we uh, got on air, we were you know, talking with Lauren and me, and one of the things I said is I think all the issues that you cover in your book are something that most of us are struggling with right now, and I think it's really important for us to obviously to perform optimally and to maintain focus and do all these things, particularly in an economy when we want to keep our jobs, uh, when we are struggling to keep our jobs, when there aren't that many jobs available. So it's really important, isn't it, to to be able to achieve the now habit at work, which is the title of your book. Um, what is the now habit at work? What is the, so now, the now habit, habit at the work? What does that mean? Is, is about you showing up this moment, starting on something, instead of constantly telling yourself, I have to finish all of this work, I have to do it perfectly, and suffer with no time for play. So this is what I'm hearing from my coaching clients and that they're really working and sometimes doing the job of two to three people, given that there's been downsizing in so many places, and that they're working harder and longer to try to make ends meet. And that's not quite the same as working smarter, is it? So this is about working smarter, working much more efficiently, and some people who who I've worked with have been able to double their output and double their income while working fewer hours. So what we want to do in this half hour is to find out how they did that. (laughs) Everyone's listening. Oh, working fewer hours, doubling my income. I mean, it sounds great. It almost sounds impossible. (laughs) But one thing I always ask most of my guests, Neil, is, is there a difference between men and women and how they work and how this now habit at work applies? Um, Well, women quite often are dealing with children. Uh, They're taking more responsibility for the home. I mean, these days, it's closer to, you know, 50-50. Men are doing a lot more of the child-rearing than they used to 50 years ago, certainly. But women still are going to take greater responsibility for the children, for example. So quite often, women 
are doing more and are expected to do more and think they should do more. And that really takes a toll. It takes a toll on the quality of their play, the quality of their health. So this is for women, for working mothers, for entrepreneurs, because more people are working at home where there are more distractions. And that's why I say you want to show up like a peak performing athlete. You want to perform optimally in the current moment. You want to use some mindfulness skills to zero in on what you can do now. Your, your new deadline is now. Because thoughts about the future, thoughts about finish, thoughts about the goal, get it accomplished, they are all in the future, which doesn't exist. And every time you tell yourself you have to get it done, you're really confusing your mind and body because your mind and body, are try- your body is trying to get into a future time that does not exist, and you have anxiety. That's stuck energy. It's only by bringing your mind in now, like a karate shout, <sighs> exhaling, shifting from uh, the speed response, the sympathetic response, to the relaxation, parasympathetic response, every time you exhale and focus. So this is about focusing in the current moment. Having that is, giving... I think that's a, it's obviously, for me it's an important point. I don't know if that's obvious, but to me it is, because when yeah. I wake up in the middle of the night, and here's an example of what you're talking about, uh, when I can't do anything now and I lie there and ruminate about what I have to do the next day, the next week, yep. the next month and accomplish, I can't get to sleep, I get anxious, yep. and I'm not obviously accomplishing anything except waking up exhausted the next morning. So it's wasted time, wasted energy. That's kind of the extreme of what you're talking about, isn't it? It is, and the language that used is exactly what I hear, and that is that I have to. And I have to is an interesting phrase because it means you don't want to. So what I'm gearing people toward is more effective management of themselves and others. When you speak in ineffective language toward employees or your children, you're saying you have to get it done. Well, have to automatically means you don't want to. You should rebel. It could mean some authoritarian figure is making you do it, so you might as well resist and rebel. And get it done is in the future. So now you have both stress, resistance, and anxiety, and you're stuck with all of this energy, as opposed to what can I do now? And sometimes the answer is go to sleep. Well, thankfully, only your conscious you goes to sleep, and the rest of you continues to work even better, and you have what I call the night shift working for you. And this is one of the components of doubling your output, and that is that you're using more of your genius brain. You're not just struggling from your conscious mind. There are specific strategies that you outline in the book to be able to achieve this, and I do want to get through some of them. We'll do some before we take the break because I think we've defined what the problem is and and, and what you mean by the now habit at work, what we need to do, but how do you do it? How specifically? What are some of those strategies that we can use? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so one of them is also mentioned in business books, and that is the 2080 rule. And you might know that as the rule, the Pareto rule, which says 20% of the clients bring in 80% of the money. 20% of the material in the course or the book will give you a grade of 80. So you want to find the most valuable 20, but that also implies you cannot do it all. When I'm speaking to doctors and nurses and mothers, I would say, I'm sorry to tell you, sorry to break the news, but you are human. You are not some godlike or goddess figure. You must let go and choose what to do and choose what to let go of. Start with the most valuable 20. 
And give us that is a, you've that given is us a rule. medical example, and then the mother example. Do you have specific examples? Like, well, let's take the mother because we have a lot of mothers listening to this. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to do it. Yeah. In the, yeah, you're not going to be able to clean the entire house. You're not going to be if you've got company coming over. You're not going to have everything at a perfectionistic level. If in fact you were living alone or if you didn't have any kids, you need to focus on what you can do. And that means for a lot of people, you're settling for it's good enough. I must feel some of the pain of lowering what my perfectionistic standards and accept that I'm human, which by the way, I think is a very loving act emotionally and psychologically. I accept you even though you're only human. These I think I did some of that. I, I, had, I raised three boys, and at certain periods of time, um, I'm, I'm identifying with what you're saying, even when I wasn't working or I was just volunteering. But it was a point of, like, I have three children. I want to spend time with them. I don't want to feel harassed, and I have to do this in the house, and I have to. I would let it go because it was more important to enjoy my kids than to have a clean floor or a clean kitchen, and believe me, I didn't. And But making that choice took on a life of its own, and it was very satisfying. Very good. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Another one of those strategies is, is what I call shifting from a self-focus to a task focus. So we, have, we know from the research from Dr. Spielberg at the University of Miami that students significantly increase their grades, their scores on standardized tests, when they learn to distinguish between two types of thoughts. One type of thought is, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I study this? What I should have done versus also what's going to happen with the score in the future? Thoughts about the past and the future and self-criticism versus the task. Again, the karate shout. What are they asking now? What do I know now? What can I do now? Back to the now habit. The shift from ego focus, ego defensive thinking, self-criticism to just the job. Let's just do the job. It takes two to four times more time and effort to try to psychoanalyze yourself during an exam or a sporting event with what's wrong with me. Why didn't I do it right? Thoughts about the past and the future versus thoughts about now, what I can do now, and going from not knowing to knowing, focusing on the task. That's one of the ways in which you can double your productivity. I think a lot of people have that problem. Um, do they need to go to a business coach? Do you need to be coached or be in counseling to be able to achieve this? Or can you do it on your own? Some, some yeah. say by well, reading your book. I, I mean, my, my book, The Now Habit at Work, from John Wiley and Sons, uh, just out this August, uh, I think has a lot of these tools. And also, I do business coaching. You know, my website is my name, neilfiore.com. Neil Fiore. And the Fiore is C is F I O R E, and Neil, N E I L. So, neilfiore.com. Yeah. And also, there are lots of uh, free articles there for your listeners, including the centering exercise, which is a 12 breath exercise. Three-part breathing, inhale, hold, and tighten to replicate the stress response, and then exhale and float down into the chair, the floor, and at night the bed so that you are lowering your brainwave frequency, you are using more of your brain, and you are preparing yourself to work in a zone. You are communicating from your human forehead, your human brain, that it is okay to shut off the stress response. You know, In California, we would say, 
This is not a 10.0 earthquake. I'm not going to die. This is maybe a 3.0. It's perfectly safe to sit still and focus my mind on something. So what do we say in New York? <laughs> in New York, it might be a hurricane. It might be a gunshot. It might be uh, an alarm. I lived in Manhattan for a number of years myself. So it could be any of those. It things. may be stuck in the subway when you have claustrophobia, which has happened to yeah, me. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, because you know that, uh, I mean, most stress is not from these external things like hurricanes and earthquakes and gunshots. Most of us are not being shot at every day like our troops are. Most of us are relatively safe, but the stress is coming from our own selves where we are not making ourselves safe. You're not making yourself safe with you. So we so create our own stress, and there are, this is, and you're giving us a specific example, a strategy how to overcome that, not allow that to happen, uh, by breathing techniques. Um, which I, you know, I'm thinking about what you're saying because very often I'll get stressed out, work, family, uh, you know, trying to plan a vacation. That sounds like a stupid thing, right? Trying to plan a va- Christmas vacation with my kids and the family and no one wants to do the same thing and I'm you know, lying awake at night trying to figure out what to do. But then when something really, really critical happens, maybe, you know, your, your house burns down or, you know, somebody gets really sick, all of a sudden that becomes so unimportant and yep. you're able to handle that because that's not that and you kind of take the stress from that and yet you handle the big thing, usually I, I speak, I do, uh, fairly calmly, like mm-hmm. the most horrendous, you know, a situation that's far worse than what I've been ruminating about. Yeah, yeah, because you actually are releasing the stress energy the way it was meant to be used. You're using the, that energy instead of being stuck with it. So I have methods in there with, uh, where I talk about three things that are essential for peak performance in any sport, but also at work, and that is safety. You must be safe with you. You must know you're not going to beat yourself up. This takes a little bit of work and practice because there's a part of you that is afraid of you and is afraid of your self-criticism and you're worrying about what other people will think. So it's as if you're holding a crying child over your heart and you're saying, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, I know, I'm with you, I am large enough and big enough to accept all of your emotions, all of your pain. You know, we're going to take a break now and and then we'll go on with, with the other strategies when we come back. Um, Neil is uh, a psychologist and a coach and author of The Now Habit at Work. So we have lots more to talk about with Neil. Don't go away. I'm Catherine Fox, your social worker with a microphone on VoiceAmericaVariety.com, World Talk Radio, keeping women connected on air with information and conversation. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. 
Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations, who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. What's holding you back from doing what you want to do? Is it fear? Is it other people? Is it responsibility? Live life to its fullest. Get inspired with Dick and Florence Noget will give you the tools you need to experience self-fulfillment and overcome setbacks in your life. If you wish to improve the world you live in, you can move forward and make a difference. Turn your dreams into action. Get inspired. You'll want to listen live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone, keeping women connected on air with conversation and information. You're listening to World Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. And Lauren Beller-Blake and I, my business coach, uh, we're talking to another business coach, actually, who's the author, if you're just joining us, of the book, The Now Habit at Work, uh, Perform Optimally, Maintain Focus, and Ignite Motivation in Yourself and Others, Neil <clears throat> Fiore, Ph.D. You can go to his website at neilfiore.com. Um, Neil, for anyone who is, is just joining us, I just want to kind of give a, a synopsis, uh, The Now Habit um, Written by you reveals how true this is on the cover on the uh, on your book cover uh, how true time management goes hand in hand with greater ease, well-being, and success in business and life, which is I guess what most of us want to attain, but somehow we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are very specific strategies in this book that will help the reader or the listeners uh, to be able to achieve this. To so, uh, but during the break you mentioned. Workaholics. Um, this, is, this book is written specifically for people in business or entrepreneurs, um, and of course, many women are mo- most women today. I think work on some level, either in the home or for a company, part time, full time. There are very few women who stay at home um, full time with their children. I mean, I don't have the statistics, but um, so this book is very appropriate for women. Yes. So a lot of my coaching clients are very successful in many ways, but their life, their marriage, their relationships, their health is suffering because they are workaholics. They're working more and actually producing less. So this book is to deal with that flip side of procrastination, which is you're not procrastinating. You're always busy. You're always doing something, but you're not working on the main things that will change your life. Now, I've published six books with major publishers, but I've never asked myself, told myself, I have to finish writing a book, which takes me about 1,200 hours. I've only fought to get in 15 to 30 minutes, preferably before breakfast, to get started so that I'm planting seeds in my mind, and that motivates me to come back, preferably before lunch or just after lunch for another half hour. So I'm totaling up about 15 to 20 hours a week. 
and that's enough for me to write a book in a year. Neil, how did you get so smart? How did you know to do that? Because anybody or people, you're talking about specifically um, authors, the authors that I know, um, this is what I hear. I have to write this. I have to get so many hours in. I have to do it before. The, if it's a woman, I have to do it to a, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning when the kids are asleep. I have to, I have to, I have That's to. Right. Yeah, yeah. So how about your story? I mean, how did, you, how, do you, how did you get so smart? How did you know that this was you know? <laughs> well, well, at the at the age of 22, I was standing in an airplane. I was going to be a new paratrooper, but I couldn't get myself jumping out of that plane because I was talking to myself in the voices of inner conflict, I was saying to myself, you have to, you got to jump. And another part of me from Jersey City, New Jersey, was saying, forget about it. There's no way you're going to get me jumping. And this inner conflict, was I was literally stuck. I could not move. And to make a long story short, I watched the first guy get in the door, and he put his hands on the inside of the plane, which they told us not to do, because you have to pull yourself out of a 150-mile-an-hour wind to leave an airplane. And his body got picked up just the way they told us and bounced against the side of the plane. Luckily, he, he was okay, but you can really make things worse. So I began to choose to do it in a way that was effective, to not do it the way he was doing it, to choose to avoid having the sergeant kick me out of the plane. And by the time I got in the door, I was telling myself, I'm going to do this optimally. I'm going to reduce the stress and the risk. I put my hands on the outside. I had a beautiful jump. And I was never afraid of jumping after that. And when I landed and rolled and laughed, because I had fallen some 1,500 feet and don't, didn't have a scratch on me, I realized at the age of 22 that there's a third place. It's not just have to versus I don't want to. There's choice. And when you choose, when you choose a root canal, when you choose to do your income tax, when you choose to show up for 15 minutes, you choose to jump out of the aeroplane, you're using your leadership brain, your human forehead, I didn't know that at the time when I first wrote these books, but over the last five years with functional MRIs, we see the forehead lights up. It's a leadership human brain function to choose what to do, and all the other parts follow. And it's very exciting to suddenly get unstuck and literally have your energy moving forward. I discovered that at the age of 22. So when I went to graduate school, I was able to apply that very well, got through very quickly, and while working a 40-hour-a-week internship, completed my doctoral dissertation in one year, 15 hours a week, because I kept records of every period of 30 minutes that was uninterrupted. Uninterrupted time these days is extremely important. Notice that I've reduced it to 15 minutes. 15 minutes of uninterrupted time allows your brain to focus and be two to four times more productive. So in order to get this, I mean, I'm, uh, let's start with, well, 22 is when you chose to do that jump, and from then on you had this, I guess, an aha moment or an epiphany or whatever it was. So I just want to go back to that because then you were at 22, but in the last few years you've written the book. Now I'm looking at the picture of you. There's some, a few years in between. Um, but how did, did you say, okay, now I'm going to apply this? this? I did this jump, and I was able to do it successfully, and I made this choice, and it, it eliminated well, the, the stress and the... What was next? I mean, how did you generalize to that? To, to well, I, you know, also in, you know, in my graduate school, I'm, I'm also as a psychologist, you know, I was a, an, an intern and so on. I'm working with people. I'm hearing the way they're doing things, and I'm really kind of shocked because I wasn't doing that way. And not only that, I had to take courses. I had to have to take courses that I didn't like with professors I didn't care for. And I 
I gave myself the option. I had the generosity of spirit to say, Neil, you don't have to do this. And that's the first step for a lot of people. You don't have to. You don't have to do this. In fact, when I'm working with Neil, young do you, children, I quite often say that. When you say you don't have to, when you're saying that to yourself, then do you, you have, know, is the next step, would you say, well, if I don't do it, what will happen? Or do you think about consequences? Or you just say, well, I don't have to do this? Yeah, no, you think about the consequences because that's, again, a human brain function, and that is a risk-benefit analysis, which is a leadership function. Well, what are the consequences? I allowed myself to leave graduate school if I, in fact, was fully committed to doing that but I would choose to do this for just 30 minutes. I'm choosing to do this just for 30 minutes as quickly as I can, and I was always shocked that I would go from not knowing to knowing, and I was always interested in the way my brain was working because I was going to help other people with this. Plus, I gave myself rewards like playing tennis with a friend or going down and getting a beer with some of my other students. And I I developed a system in graduate school that worked when I went to University of California, Berkeley, where I am now, where I was for 15 years, and um, developed these methods of working very quickly. In fact, I've helped lots of graduate students get through their degrees much more quickly. And that is using this method of safety, choice, and presence, a kind of mindfulness in this moment, starting off with, you are safe with me. I will not make you feel bad. I didn't mean to scare you. I don't live my life from have-tos. I live my life from choice. I'm actually choosing to show up. All the parts of you, you break that inner conflict between what Freud would call a superego versus an id. I call it the six-year-old versus the two-year-old. And you're not allowing children to run your life anymore. You're living your life from your human brain. Do you have children? Uh, no, not no, not now. No, I have a I have a couple of raised stepkids, but okay. Yeah. Well, because I wanted to know, like, what? Because this, I mean, this is. I'm always. I think we have to take some of these principles and not only apply them to ourselves, but also to the next generation, to our kids. Exactly. And how do we do that? Because I often hear parents, and I'm probably guilty. I know I was guilty of it. You have to do this. You have to get your chores done. Yep. You have to take your piano lessons. You have to practice. You have to. You have to. So you grow up listening to this stuff. Exactly right. So when when I'm working with uh, mothers who are having difficulties or parents having difficulties with children with ADD, we talk about choices, we talk about consequences, but we also talk about not nagging. Because when when someone is nagging you, you automatically resist, and you create an inner conflict. So when I work with children who have diabetes, for example, and they're told they have to take their insulin, um, I... Don't tell them they have to. I listen to them say what they want to do and what they don't want to do, and I simply say, yes, of course. That's perfectly understandable. That's perfectly understandable. And if you had a child and she said, I want to eat poison, would you let her eat poison? And they say no. I say, well, if they said it was really sweet, but I really want it, would you let them? And they say no. I'm so sorry to tell you, which means we need a reality check here, that for you, eating candy and sugar is like poison for your body. So how are you going to help that part of you? And they immediately shift from being the rebellious two-year-old, I want what I want, and into a protective parent. They shift their identity to being protective and saying, here, I am going to choose to take my insulin when I choose to eat sugar. Now they're living from choice rather than inner conflict. Living from choice, I mean, that's the key. And obviously that's, uh, 
for uh, readers, listeners. Um, I just want, because we only have about a minute to go, I want to remind you that you can go to Neil's website for more information, also information about the other books that you've written, uh, Dr. Neil Fiore, and it's neilfiore.com. The name of the book we've been to, his new book is The Now Habit at Work, Perform Optimally, Optimally, Maintain Focus, and Ignite Motivation in Yourself and Others. Uh, it's been a real pre- pleasure talking to you. I have to say I've learned a lot. Well, same here uh, with you, Catherine and Lauren, and I just have your listeners choose to start for 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes, that's all it takes. Thanks so much. We'll be back in a minute. I'm Catherine Sox, your social worker with a microphone. You're listening to World Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com, keeping women connected on air with conversation and information. So don't go away. We've got more coming up, lots more to talk about. We'll be back in a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your teams. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. Go inside the inner workings of the entertainment industry to find out what's next in television, film, and on the web. Listen for Next Stop Hollywood. Hosted by entertainment insiders and pop culture junkies Brad Roth and Mark Feldstein. You'll find out how your favorite TV shows... Go inside the inner workings of the entertainment industry to find out what's next in television, film, and on the web. Listen for Next Stop Hollywood. Hosted by entertainment insiders and pop culture junkies Brad Roth and Mark Feldstein. You'll find out how your favorite TV shows and movies are created and marketed from the conventional to the creative. This fast-moving industry has much more behind the scenes than what you see. No matter how big the screen, Next Stop Hollywood airs live Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Left Coast, 7 p.m. Right Coast on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone on VoiceAmericaVariety.com, World Talk Radio, with business expert and business coach and co-founder of Big Fish Nation, uh, Lauren Beller-Blake. We've been talking to Neil Fiore, Ph.D., psychologist, 
author of The Now Habit at Work. He had lots of good things to say, when, at least I felt, didn't you, Definitely. Lauren? Oh, yeah, very applicable. Yeah, very. I mean, at work, and this is, this is, this is specifically at work, staying in the moment, and you talk about this, staying in the moment, staying in the present, yep. not talking about the future, about what needs to be done, has to be done. I definitely get into that kind of stuff, which is, I, I know it's destructive. I can feel it, and you can feel your body reacting to it. It's so true. It's, but the other thing that, um, yeah, because when, you're, when you speak to yourself like that, then you're, you build up stress. It's like, you know, you feel under the gun. Under the gun. And who, when you feel under the gun, you're not productive. Exactly. Yeah. Ugh, I want to get good. back to, like, what we talked about last week, because I have, you know, I was up all night. Not all night. I exaggerate. But uh, I was up quite a bit of the night thinking about this. I'm being honored at a, by the School of Social Welfare, but actually by the school, SUNY Albany, University at Albany, uh, as an alum of the School of Social Welfare, and uh, has a big luncheon on Friday, and I have to give a big speech, and that I can do. That's not, as you know, I can talk. That's not a problem. But there'll probably be about three or four hundred people there, and I'm excited. I, uh, Barry's going. One of my boys is going. But I did not really broadcast that to family and friends for some reason. And you talk about how women don't celebrate themselves because they see it as bragging or boasting. And I was thinking about that in the middle of the night last night when I had insomnia. Uh, And I thought about why didn't I invite more people? Why didn't my... You can be the therapist. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, is this what Lauren is talking about? Not celebrating my, I mean, my accomplishments? Because that's what it's all about, celebrating my accomplishments. Since I graduated from the School of Social Welfare, wanting to engage people that, friends, family, you know, I have just invited maybe two or three people. Why did I do that? I think, Catherine, it's time to invite a whole crew Send out an evite tonight. Definitely. No, this morning, right now. No, what did he just say? Now. Now, but it's too late now because you have to have a table. I think you do, but I'm, maybe I will. I'll call up the person who's organizing this event and ask her because I thought, I, why did, now I wish I had invited them, but there was something that was holding me back. Now, maybe a lot of women suffer from or, I think that's exactly right. It's I don't like the word You suffer. diminished it. You made it not so important until yeah. last minute, and then you realize how big it is. Yeah, and that's not a good thing. No, because that's a really... I'm so excited about this award for you. If I was there, I'd be coming. Yes, you would be coming, but I would have told you. And, you know, there are probably... Then I'd have four people coming <laughs> instead of three. But <laughs> more than that. Well, you know, having a table would be a great idea. Yeah, I mean, there are... Exactly, have a different... And I know... And, you know, I have a friend. He's a male friend. And every time he gets an award, and he gets a lot of them... Uh, he sends out e- emails and he sends out evites and he get, he can gather. I mean, so many friends, family, business associates has no problem with saying, you know, I'm getting this award. I'm doing come and people go and they love it and they other people love to celebrate and they and I think why well, I would really like to be more like hey. Yes, because yeah. he's he knows how to have a party and you know he's creating the party every time. Yeah, and doesn't feel like if I have this part, I think part of my thing is if I celebrate my accomplishments, then where do I go from here? And that's On to the next one? To the next one, but I think that's the scary part about that, and I think that's the thing uh, that 
that was on that was kind of the or part of the gist of what you wrote about last or um, that was on your blog on your website uh, about celebrating your successes and I think that so uh, this is sort of it, it personalizes it for me the fear of celebrating my business successes is that I'm going to have to do something bigger and better next time and yeah, I'm not going to be able to do it that's the story that you make up that makes it hard. To me, there's by celebrating, it actually gives you momentum to get on to the next thing, whatever you choose it to be. A much better way of thinking about it. Momentum. I'm yeah, it definitely provides Having the all those next... people there to celebrate is fun, and it provides momentum. Yeah, momentum rather than what am I thinking about. There's pressure and have-tos. Maybe it's the have-tos that he was talking about. Exactly, and lack of choice. But I have a choice. I have choices. Absolutely. I can do this celebration, yeah. celebrate it in the biggest way, and, and then if I want to or make the choice to do something else, I can, but I don't have to. Exactly. You just talked yourself into inviting a whole two tables worth of people. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to get off and I have to call or I have to email everybody and, on my list and do the have tos. Have tos are really, really negative. And I always, I did bring that up with, with children, raising children, because I think, and and you're you're a mother with a, a young daughter, and I think that 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 don't, I guess, perpetuate that to to your children. You have to do this. You have to do that. No, the immediate response, like he said, is no, I don't have to. It's like it's a two year old. Exactly. Don't tell me to do that. I agree with that. It is everything's a choice. It's also it also has to do with a relationship with spouses. Now I know, uh, you know, when you tell your husband or your partner, whoever you're living with, you have to do the dishes. No, I don't. Exactly. Uh, you have to go out with me. I'm, well, we have a dinner party or an engagement or whatever I made in your absence, and you have to go. No, I don't. No, I don't. Yeah. It's true. They don't want to. No one wants to fill back into a corner. No. And when someone says that to me, that I have to, I say, no, I don't. <laughs> well, I don't have to. Old, it's right? my <laughs> choice. If I want to, I will. And I'm not saying I don't want to, but don't tell me I have to. Exactly. No one loves it. There's nobody that likes it. No. And it does revert back to that stage of development, as as Neil said, Neil Fiore, uh, that of, of a two-year-old, because two-year-olds are really good at of saying of screaming no. I, and it's it's so true. And I was fascinated that he said, and it's the difference between a four and six. Sierra's four. You know, the difference between two-year-olds old and six-year-old. You know, she's four, and I'm still getting a little bit of both. You know, like, no, I don't. And then, sure, I'd be happy to, mommy. <laughs> well, it's the conflict. Yeah, the four-year-old conflict. Mm-hmm. It's a four-year-old conflict, but I think a lot of that stays, um, it does stay with us if we don't resolve some of that stuff yeah. we grow up. And I think it helps as a parent to help, first you have to see the choice before you can help them see a choice. Yeah, you have to be, you have to, I, I, now I'm not, uh, I don't want, I'm tongue-tied, I don't want to say the word you have to, one has to be aware. Yeah, exactly. One should be aware. One yeah. should make the choice to be aware. Make, it's always it's all about choice. It's all about choice. You're making a choice. You don't have to do this. That's how we started the show today. You yes. know, that's it's you know when we're presented with a challenge, it's what's our choice and how we're going to see it to tackle it. Mm-hmm. We have a choice as to how we want to respond. You may and, and there's always a choice. You know how people will say to you, well, "I don't really have a choice." Yeah. And it makes me nuts when they say that. Yeah, and I I'll say, crazy. yes, you have a choice. Maybe you only have two choices, but you have a choice. That's right. You, you always have two choices because you have the choice to act, to do something do or not something. do it. So that's a choice. Yeah, I agree and, with that. Um, to me, that is a very victim thinking, and we uh, we play small when we think like that. Yeah. 
I don't do that. I mean, I, I do see choices. Uh, sometimes the difficulty, I see too many choices and have being, a, you know, okay, now I have to, I have to, now I should decide which choice to make, but it's my choice. It's my responsibility. You're right. I'm, can't, I can't, I don't want, I'm not a victim. It's my responsibility. It's all about making choices and uh, we have to say goodbye. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. Lauren Deller Blake, Catherine Zox, I'm your social worker with a microphone. You're listening to World Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Hope you had a great day, morning. Enjoy your week, and we'll see you next Wednesday. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.